Welcome to season two of the Made Up Savannah podcast, a storytelling platform for the greatest city in the world. I'm your host, Dee Daniels. Made of Savannah is brought to you by Corcoran Austin Hill Realty, a progressive, inclusive, multi-generational company serving greater Savannah since 1978. This season, we're proud to welcome our partner, Daniel Reed Hospitality, with iconic, restored landmark locations in historic downtown Savannah, Georgia. The richness of Savannah's restaurant and cocktail scene is a constant conversation among locals and visitors. Daniel Reed is home to some of the most visited and popular concepts in the Hostess City. The public kitchen and bar, artillery, Franklin's, local 1110, Perch, Soho South, and magnificent catering and events. Home to the best chefs in the South, award-winning team members from creative to operations, with food and drinks that not only complement every emotion, but also make you fall in love with the moment. Daniel-Reed.com. So satisfy your curiosity, fill up your tank, and write home about it. The Public Kitchen and Bar, Artillery, Franklin's, Local 1110, Perch, Soho South. This is Daniel Reed Hospitality. When you stop in, make sure you mention the Made of Savannah podcast. Absolutely excited to introduce you to my next guest, Ryan Gonet from the Public Kitchen and Bar. Of course, as you may remember, Daniel Reed Hospitality is our sponsor for the season two of the Made of Savannah podcast. We're very excited to welcome Brian, who is operations, sometimes a baker, sometimes on the line, basically all the hats. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Is that okay? All right. I figured during the episode we could craft like a a really like doctoral, like, I don't know, title for you or something. Yeah, we can come up with something. I'm okay, sure. good. <laughs> Brian, thank you for sitting down and chatting with us. Happy to be here. So, um, so thrilled to have you guys as a sponsor for season two. And you have so many wonderful concepts uh, with Daniel Reed Hospitality. And of course, uh, I have to say the public kitchen and bar might be my favorite right next to artillery. So it's it's right there and, and you're in it and you've been with the public kitchen and bar since the beginning. Yeah, since conception. Um, I believe we opened in 2012. And uh, before that, we had about six months of R&D just going through recipes, concepts, um, what exactly we want to be known for. And I think that we pulled it off pretty gracefully. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting. You, you're just telling me that you guys have just dropped a, a new menu. And that's something that you do relatively often? We do. We try and change it with season. Um, as you probably know, Savannah doesn't have four seasons like a lot of states. So we uh, we try to stay current with whatever is being grown around us uh, for a lot of reasons: uh, availability of product, cost of product, and just freshness. Yeah. Um, but the entire Daniel Reed franchise, as far as like as far as the business model, is always doing local food, doing it well, and serving quality ingredients. And I think you know they all work cohesively together. They all have separate concepts, but they work well. We really got to know that um, in season one with Jamie Durrance on on the podcast. And it was so it was just it was a beautiful story, really, about how, you know, he grew up and and sort of brought that into what he's doing with all of these concepts. And it, it sounds like you kind of grew up loving, you know, food and, and cooking and, and learning how to do all that. And you've brought that into what you're doing. Absolutely. Uh, French classical trained. And I uh, worked in small restaurants my whole life. Uh, knew what I wanted to do in high school. Um, growing up, you know, family 
food brings all the people together and it's always a fun event. So I just love doing it. My father loves cooking. My mother loves cooking. And it's just something I gravitated towards easily. And here in Savannah, it became even easier with how much availability there is of good product. No doubt. And, and there is so much. You're absolutely right. So talk a little bit about how you got to Savannah. And, and I do want to dig into like some really cool specifics for the public. But, um, you know, I think everyone's story of how they got here is always very interesting. So let's, right. let's look at that. We uh, I'm from High Point, North Carolina. Um, small town known for furniture. Uh, it's furniture capital of the world for a long time. They had the furniture markets there. So we'd get all sorts of people from all over the world coming in. And uh, I worked at a fine dining restaurant there. And we hosted the furniture market every year with 700 covers a night. And I was kind of thrown to the wolves. And, you know, it's a sink or swim kind of environment. And uh, we changed our menu daily there. Oh, wow. So every day we would type in whatever changes we had and evolve all the time. And it was an open kitchen. So you had to learn demeanor and how to present yourself. And I really enjoyed that environment. Is that crazy nerve wracking at it, first to have people be, watching definitely. you do all of that? I, I guess it's just as uh, common as people will say about TV. It's yeah. you get the cameras are there. And it is pretty much that um, little showmanship. But right. it's fun. And we always had a good time. You'd toss an onion or two. Yeah. You'd, uh, you know, play with the tongs <laughs> right. or the salt shaker. you flip a few pans. Right, it's right. always fun. Why Give wouldn't a show. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're there for. Uh, that's, that's fun. I enjoy that. And, you know, it's funny because um, I remember back in my radio days in Virginia, I did a lot of uh, commercials for furniture stores. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I like learned very quickly that was the... That that was the place. That was the capital right. of furniture, right there. Yeah, we had Natutsi across the street from us, and uh, quite a few shows showrooms. So we always had a great eclectic group that came in, brought a lot of people from all over the world. So we tried to make that approachable, and that's kind of the same thing we did here in Savannah: keep it approachable and touching on everyone's food, not just one type. But uh, yeah, going to why why we moved to Savannah, I think it's because we just fell in love with it. It was beautiful. Mm. Um, cliche, I know, but the chef started dating the hostess. Oh, wow. <clears throat> which was me dating the hostess. <laughs> and uh, we moved to Savannah together That's and she became story. my wife. Uh, nice. I would, she likes to joke that she, uh, she fell for me because I would give her fresh cheese, and, mm. you know, lots of fruit snacks over at the host stand, right. trying to get to know her and start reading the books she was reading. Ah. Yeah. I really, I really worked hard. I was going to say you had a plan I like did. from the get-go. She get spoke French. I had to learn French. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> Man, <laughs> learn another language. That's another level. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because w when you think about uh, the food scene here, you know, I think a lot of people, if there's a choice, they're like, well, if we're going to open a restaurant and we're going to be a part of something huge, you know, maybe we'd go to Atlanta mm -hmm. until I think people see what's happening here. And then they're like the scenery mixed with, you know, just this electric community here, you know, mixed with the food scene, which has gotten just wild up. over the last 10 years. Absolutely. I mean, it, you look at that and it's, it's almost a no-brainer to come here. Yeah. When I remember um, we were looking at areas that were food scenes and it was said at the time in 2006 that Savannah was the next up and coming. You know, at the time it was Charleston. Charleston was what everyone talked mm -hmm. about. And uh, they were like, Savannah is going to be the next one. And Atlanta was a good choice, but I'm I'm kind of from a country area. Right, and right. the 
the sprawl of Savannah. It's it's like Charleston, but a little bit more spread out, a little bit more relaxed. And I I think we uh, we definitely made the right choice. It's it's been a wonderful living here and getting to know this area, and uh, I I wouldn't have changed a thing. Mm. It, it really does get you this place. And I, I hear that story all the time on yeah. this podcast. It's just funny, the the stories that people tell about, you know, how they got here. And so many of the stories start with either A, I met a girl or B, um, you know, I met someone and they 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 visited here once, mm-hmm. it, you know, and so many people just it grabs you after it's you easy visit. To get lost in it. Yeah. And, you know, we I think we hit all those points of why we came here. It's all. I guess I'm uh, the cliche of yeah, it, but yeah. it is, it's beautiful. And, and it does have such a diverse area with restaurant scene and SCAD is a big part of that. Um, Santa Cards of Art Design brings so much to this area. Um, you know, it's probably why we have such an eclectic group of everything. Yeah, it's really true. Let's talk a little bit about your, the, the, your expertise in the, sure. in the French cuisine area. Mm-hmm. What does that entail? How, how do you get into something like that? And, it seems so elevated. Well, French classical cuisine is what uh, they teach you in culinary school. Um, the Brigadi system and Escoffier, the founding fathers of culinary art. Um, yeah, I knew that. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you, you learn those basics and the mother sauces and all those types of things are just like every other profession, building blocks. You know, you learn your basics, your foundation, and then your creativity can explore. And that's the art part of culinary art. Um so I've always been a big fan of clean plates, uh, starch, vegetable, protein, sauce. Uh, it's very much a French system. But, uh, you know, going through culinary school, costing, purchasing, all the certifications you need, it really got me to understand that I don't think I want to own a restaurant, mm. <laughs> but I really enjoy the creative aspect of it, the coming up with new concepts or flavor profiles. Um, and honestly, like I said, growing up the way I did, it's just making people happy, seeing the smile on their face or the head nod when something tastes really good while they're chewing. Right. Um, that type of thing is what drives me. And it's, it's something I strive for every menu. Do you remember like the first like serious dish you made that was like, yeah, I knocked it out of the park. Oh man. Uh, braised items are the ones which fall winter is the time. Um, anytime you slow cook something and it's just spot on flavor wise, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, if you watch cooking shows, the most common one that people get hung up on is like risotto. Mm, it's the one dish yes. that's simple to make, but complicated at the same time. And restaurants fail at it so often. Yeah. So it's fun when something so simple as well turns out perfect because, you know, you put your name on it. It's, it's fun. What's what's the perfect risotto uh, oh, for me? method look like? Oh, it's you have to get your pan pretty hot. Uh, a lot of oil, sweat your onions. And then you add your rice and you cook your rice, um, turning your heat down till it just starts to get translucent. And then you add your stock and turn it on low and just let it slowly cook and absorb. And it takes about, oh, I don't know, 35 minutes and a lot of liquid. But most people throw a lot of liquid in at the beginning and just let it cook like leather rice. Mm. And unfortunately, it normally turns into what most people get. Right. And uh, to build the body and the sauce profiles, as well as the starch from the rice, you need to make sure it's slow cooked and stirred often. I feel like that's what Chef Gordon Ramsay's screaming about. It is constant risotto, right? Stir it, yeah, that, yeah. Gordon Ramsay has uh, made that pretty clear to people that yeah. risotto can be complicated. 
It's harder when you're getting yelled at. But. Right? <laughs> I am started sweating on it when you were talking about it. Right. Like, it's ridiculous. So, okay. Um, so what, when you came and, and you were a part of building the public kitchen and bar from like the ground up, I mean, you were, you were hands-on with building the menu yes. from the get-go. How did you decide on what, all was going to happen in this particular restaurant because I feel like you changed the menu yet you're known for things. Right. Well, we wanted uh, a showstopper or something that would be a staple item that everyone would know. And our shrimp and grits, I thought being Savannah would be a good choice. We've won, I think three or four times for best shrimp and grits. And uh, we continually get first or second place in a lot of different I was going to say rightfully so. Right. They're so good. And it's just a beautiful sherry and chorizo combination with cream and cheesy grits. And uh, it's elegant yet homey. And I think that that's why people gravitate towards it. Um, but in designing the menu, uh, Brandy Williamson and I both uh, were developing the menu at the same time. She was at local uh, as the executive chef. And she was working with me as exec of Daniel Reed hospitality. And I was heading up public. So I was in the office basically trying to think of an identity that we needed, um, flavor profiles to, to look at and thinking a little outside the box, like our chicken salad is cilantro and cranberries and water chestnuts, not your typical chicken salad, but it's, it's a beautiful marriage of flavors. And I think that ingredients that people understand but don't expect to see them in that way is what make people want to come back not your grandma's chicken salad that's right but it's really good it's really good <laughs> i mean even better than grandma so you don't tell her you know it's like, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like if you had a grandma like i do you know there are certain things that i will eat somewhere and i'm like man my grandma used to cook that and this is so much better. And I'm like, I will never tell her that story. (laughs) Well, I think it's also simple food done well. Um, I think a lot of chefs get caught up in what they could do. They don't focus on really the processes, um, making sure everything's seasoned, right. It's cooked properly. You know, you can make a really interesting steak dish, but if you overcook it or undercook it, it doesn't make much of a difference. So your basics, you know, people doing food well, and consistently is what drives people to come back a lot of times that and the environment you're in. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's so true. And I feel like you've completely, I feel like you've completely nailed that because, you know, I'm thinking about like, uh, you know, your basics and I love a good burger and I love mm-hmm. a good steak. And if you, and a lot of people do, and right. And, right. And so a lot of people do. And so like, if you say you come into a market and you say, where's your best favorite place to get a burger and to get a steak. Right. And like hands down, people say the public so, so many times. I cannot change. I, I, you know, when you're successful and we've been open as long as we have, and we do the revenue we do, a lot of vendors come to you and be like, Oh, you, they want to get in your business. And so they're like, Oh, you should try our steak. You should try this. I've tried 40 or 50 steaks from all different small farms you can think of. Um, and I, I can't change it. What we have is just perfect. And it it hasn't changed in over eight years. Once we found it, we've stuck with it. And I haven't had any problems with this. It's just amazing meat. It's Chairman's Reserve comes out of Florida and it's it's a wonderful, wonderful steak. Um, our burgers was another thing in the, the foundation of the menu. Um, Jamie Durrance, Durrance Farms out of Glenville, Georgia. Uh, his parents, he grew up a farmer. Yeah. And so his parents uh, supplied cattle 
So he's been uh, a cattle farmer for a very long time. He's got his own breed and um, he has been supplying us with beef since conception. It was another way of promoting his family's brand. Not only his own, right? Um, so we've been getting that, and it's it's amazing beef. Um, we have our specs for the grind and everything, and uh, they also bring us lots of treats every year, I every bet. spring, especially in fall. We get bags of okra and tomatoes, and you name it. Wow! They'll, they'll show up randomly on a Saturday with boxes and boxes of produce. That's awesome. It's lovely. It's lovely. It really. Yeah, is. you can't go wrong with that. You really can't. I know. We're it, fortunate. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so. You know, there you are, you know, at the corner here of, of, of Liberty and Bull. And, you know, what, what's pretty amazing to me is that it's, it's so iconic and it's, it's so beautiful and it, and the food is fantastic. And then all of a sudden you, you expand yeah. and you bring in Franklin's, which has also knocked it out of the park. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, 2021. Uh, well, in 2020, we had a fire in July and that renovation and rebuild, it was a very unfortunate thing. I remember getting the phone call at one in the morning and driving down there, getting woken up and watching the firefighters leave. And it was traumatic, but you know, like a Phoenix, right? Right. And from the ashes comes rebirth. And we said that we wanted to open Franklin's first because it's the new addition. We want to give it a lot of attention public we pretty much knew what we were going to be doing um and we got to build it again all the things that you realized after the first time that you would want bigger or better we did so better ventilation system bigger walk-in longer line things like that that at the beginning you thought wasn't as important but you learn and then franklin's we wanted it to be you know the tagline bold and delicious that's exactly what it is and uh, it's an upscale, almost Florentine feel coffee shop with um, really nice bistro food and sandwiches. Uh, it's simple, done well, much like public and uh, making that menu as well. And it's been a lot of fun. Mm, I bet. Especially the bakery part, because that's a part I've forgotten how much I love doing. Oh, gosh, I, that that seems like it's a lot of math involved in that. But it can be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but if you get it right. Well, it's not just that, you know, learning through making bread, what you're looking for, the desired result and working towards it. And again, there's a lot of different flavors, whereas you're working with savory products um, when you're working with sweet or breads, a lot more avenues of thought. So mm -hmm. it's always fun. And, you know, changing the menu keeps it interesting, not just for the dining guests, but also the staff. I think it's important to keep everyone stimulated at work. You, know, right. you don't want a stagnant environment. And right. Always having the one thing on there that makes them go, oh, that's pretty cool. I really want to do that. Right, right. And they'll talk about it, too. And that gets excitement and creativity flows. It's a wonderful environment for that. Yeah. You know, it, every time I go into any of any of the Daniel Reed establishments, but I mean, you know, I frequent uh, a lot because we're so close right across <laughs> the street from our studios that we record in. Um, but I frequent the public and, and also Franklin's and everyone is so happy. Everyone mm -hmm. that works there, I feel like they want to be there. They want to be a part. Absolutely. They look like they are a part of, you know, the creative process like you're talking about. They seem like they're just genuinely wanting to help you have a great time and they're having a great time. Absolutely. It's good to get everyone involved. I've always felt that way because when you create a dish of your own, you put a lot more care into it. I love making sure that it's done just right. And if you're part of the creative process, that sense of ownership carries over and you make sure that you put every part of it as your heart. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I think that is part of the importance. And Jamie's great about giving creative freedom in that way. Yeah, no doubt. I, I want to jump back to the um, Franklin's <clears throat> menu for just a second, sure. um, because, you know, you do have some fantastic sandwiches on there. I need to I need you to just tell me um, <laughs> I'm not going to just I'm not going to dance around it. Um, I need you to just tell me where what kind of bacon that is that you put on the BLT. It's the not butcher's called a, BLT. Yeah, the butcher's BLT. That's yeah. It. So um, that so bacon good. is an applewood smoked bacon. Oh. It is uh, a heavy smoked bacon. Uh, it took a lot of research to find the right kind that fit that profile. Mm -hmm. We get whole slabs in and we cut it ourselves because we want it so thick. Right. And you can't get that thick cut of a bacon pre-made. So what it is. we slice it all and it takes about half an hour to cook because it's so thick, but it's, yeah. it's wonderful. That's what it is. You cut it yourself, right? <laughs> cut there. it ourselves That's from whole it. slabs and then slow cook it mm. and uh, serve that with the cracked peppercorn aioli, arugula, so some good. marinated tomatoes, and then uh, five strips of that thick sliced bacon. Right. So you get it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I love that because it's not like, you know, so, you know, you go into a restaurant sometimes and they'll have stuff like bacon on something. Right. And right. it's like we gave you the one piece. OK, cool. Um, <laughs> but no, it's like that's that's like almost almost the hero of that sandwich it is, is the bacon. Absolutely. Well, you know, I wanted something on there. It was immediately gravitation towards like, like so familiar that you're like, oh, that's I like a BLT. But if you're going to do something that simple, it has to be knocked out of the park. Right. I mean, everyone knows a BLT. What makes it different than anyone else's? You have to give some separation. So, you know, a really nice sourdough bread, a beautiful aioli you make in house. And then the arugula is just nice pepperiness. It sparks. And then you have the tomatoes, you know, tomatoes. Everyone loves a tomato on a BLT, but what makes it go that step further is we marinate them overnight. Ooh. And so you have garlic and shallots and fresh herbs all blended together with oil, almost like a dressing. Pour it over it and let those sit. And then it just absorbs. So every layer of that sandwich is a flavor component that just meld. Wow. We got the secrets in this one. <laughs> that just happened. That yeah. just happened. We got the secrets. Um, that's amazing. Uh, so I'm excited about uh, the, the new menu over at Public. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, you, you know, do we fall in love with it and then you change it? What, I just are you playing with our heartstrings all the time? What's happening? Well, we we like to keep it interesting, as I said. And trust me, the th certain things I can't change. There's always going to be that steak on there. The setup will change, but the steak will be there. The shrimp and gits will be there. The other items are up for interpretation. There'll be a pork chop. There'll be a chicken dish. There'll be pasta dishes. There'll be a vegetarian vegan option. We try and do gluten-free options as often as possible. Well, my wife is um, celiac disease. So with that, I had to learn a whole new style of cooking yeah, and all important. the intricacies. Yeah. So you can feel safe coming to public if you're a celiac. We try to take everything into account that way. That's awesome. Um, but, you know, we, we do Vietnamese, Korean. We do Italian, French, you name it, American, Southern, Creole. Uh, there's something for everyone, and that's very intentional. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's the identity behind the yeah. public kitchen and bar is which is why before we started uh, recording, I was telling you that it amazes me every time I'm in there. The the crowd in the public is always just as diverse as the people in the city. Absolutely. And that's on purpose. It is. Um, we have a huge following of local clientele. And we also have a huge walk-in business. You know, we're well known through the business around us that we get recommended. We're fortunate in that way. And I thank everyone for doing that. Um, but we've 
really worked hard to have an identity that people can just trust. And I think that every menu is basically the same. It's simple food done well. Everything's approachable. You're not going to be intimidated. Um, but it's well done, well prepared. Are you excited about anything on the new menu? That's Duck confit. Ooh. I'm a big duck fan. And it takes a long time to make confit correct. But it is worth it. I've it's had it be amazing. once. And I didn't love it. So mm -hmm. I want to, not with you, but like forever ago in a far, far away land. And I want to try it again. So this would be my time. It would be then. the one. Nice. It's a three-day process, salt and sugar cured with spices and herbs, and then slow cooked in duck fat, and then crisped and just served on a beautiful setup. Can't wait for you to try it. I feel like the crispiness is the key, too. It is. You yeah. got to get a crisp in, but keep a very succulent interior. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm excited. Good. <laughs> That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, let's talk about cocktails over there because you have great, you've great cocktails over yeah, there. We have a great team. And totally different than mm -hmm. what artillery is right next door. Yeah, that's, that is a challenge. Uh, same thing with Franklin's uh, because we have a lunch menu at public as well. And you want things to be within the same family as meaning, well, you know, it's part of Daniel Reed, right? But they can't be the same. Right. So, it takes a little bit extra work in that area. But uh, Artillery, as you know, a very high-end cocktail craft bar. Um, and they have wonderful, wonderful, wonderful cocktails. Uh, public, same thing. It's a little more approachable. We are making our own shrubs in-house, very much like the kitchen. We're a scratch kitchen. The bar is almost a scratch bar. They do everything in-house as well, all their juices and everything of that nature. So they really are working. Actually, I think next week we're having a meeting about the new cocktail menu for Oh, public wow. so we uh we're going to be doing beet syrups and making shrubs in house like we normally do and we're going to have a great list for everyone that's a that's kind of a big thing now i feel like people sort of making making their own uh layers of a drink and, and you know coming up with and it's interesting we've kind of been doing that at our house for a long time <laughs> but like and so when i have a drink out somewhere if they don't have something that's organic, you know, that they've made yes. in house, I kind of don't like it as much because I, I kind of get used to it being fresh and, and feeling like it hasn't been sitting in a can or a bottle for a long time. Right. Yeah. We, we really work hard to make sure that it stays interesting and you have really nice cocktails with in like interesting cocktail flavors, not just your basic Manhattan or anything like that, but it's approachable in the way that you know what an old fashioned is, but we really knocked it apart like Oaxaca bitters or if we're adding in a mole bitter or something of that nature, just add that edge to it, mm -hmm. making the shrubs to it, blackberry, bramble, scramble, you know, nice. uh, all these different yeah. things we could do to just lift it off the page. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time for the classics, they do have a good lemon drop. Am I right, everybody? Am I right? Yes. Thank yes. you very much. Thank they you. Do have a great <laughs> let's talk about, let's take you out of work for like sure. two minutes. Um, I know that you have a, a little boy at home. I do. And He's five. Is he going to grow up uh, in these shoes and, and be a fabulous chef or how's that going to go? Well, as a five-year-old, he only eats about three things. Right. So in <laughs> less palate right now, yeah, okay. <laughs> unless it's uh chicken tacos or pizza, he's really not interested. Right. Right. But, um, I do cook with him a lot. Um, we actually did something really fun. Not long ago, I got fresh squid. And wow. I showed him how to clean squid. Oh, wow. Taking the beak out and the tentacles and cleaning the skin. And he Ooh. actually did really, really well. Oh, it was wow. Fun. He wasn't grossed out or anything? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. He likes to help bake, but all kids like to help bake because right. they want to eat the cookies. Of course. 
But when it comes to other things like breaking down proteins and things like that, he's not old enough to hold a knife, but he does enjoy the process. So it is fun. Only time will tell. Right. Exactly. Where do you like to eat that's not in the Daniel Reed circle when you're out? It doesn't happen often. Right. I'm sure. I I do a lot at home, (laughs) but um, I really like Common Thread. I think they do a really good job. Uh, They have a great staff. Uh, They make you feel welcome and their food's on point. So I can have nothing negative to say about them at all. There's quite a few good ones. Um, I actually really like ethnic restaurants too, Mm. like kimchi too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's just something about those bold flavors that you can't find in most restaurants. And for me, that's what I look for. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't have it, you you have a bottle of hot sauce in your in your pocket yeah, or you your you know you, with you. you have a travel bottle somewhere. <laughs> um, so, what are your favorite kind of touristy things to do here? I know you've been here for a, quite a while, but. Yeah. Um, whenever someone comes in town, you know, you got to go downtown and walk the city, show them the monuments, go to River Street, right. show them what it's all about. Do you have a favorite spot on River Street? Um, yeah, I like going to where the ferry is. Uh, also with now the hotel, um, it's really nice to go there because they have so many concepts within that area. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's huge, too. So they always have events there. It's nice to go for a social gathering. Um, but then on the opposite side, it's starting to grow up with Bar Julian and that whole area is being developed. So they have squirrel pizza there. It's beautiful of the mother waterfront. So there's a lot there. Rooftop bars are nice, but when you have a five-year-old that becomes a backseat burner. Yeah, really. Because the only thing you'll do then is, is ride the ferry. Right. Cause right. I mean, like really, once you get down there with a kid, it's like, let's get on the boat. Got to do the dolphin tours. (laughs) Yes. You got to go out to Wilmington Island and go to Tybee and go you know, it's the ice cream shops out there and walk the beach. It's it's just all part of the same culture. It's beautiful. No doubt. And, and it's constantly growing, which is what makes it just so wonderful. Farmers here. markets on Saturdays. Oh, gosh. Oh, it's so good. It's and, and really like a produce stand, uh, you know, just about on every little in every little neighbor neighborhood somewhere, yeah. especially out on the islands. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's quite a, a lot of options here. And that's, again, one of the reasons I moved here. It was just a beautiful walking area and a lot of fresh ingredients, things that you're excited about. Yeah. And you guys really do such a great job with it. What are you looking forward to with Daniel Reed next? Like what's coming for you guys? Well, um, as of growing and doing, is there a new concept anywhere? (laughs) Well, we've been growing a lot in our, uh, catering programs. Sky fair has been doing a lot of business. Um, Soho has been, I got a new chef over there that's been with Daniel Reed for a long time. He used to be the chef of local and he's really expanding the catering program there. Um, some doing some wonderful things. Um, I'm interested to see how artillery develops even further. And Franklin's being that we're only what, two and a half years old. Oh my gosh. I can't believe that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's ever growing and expanding and just wherever it goes, I think it's just going to be fun for the ride. I mean, Everyone's really excited about every menu change and I am seeing cultures change and food culture and we're getting a lot of that influx. Yeah, it's it's a it's a wonderful thing. I'm I'm so excited that you guys have jumped on to be our sponsor here for season two. We're so proud to uh, have you guys on and talk about your food and talk about the atmosphere because it's just welcoming and good. And we appreciate you being here and being a part of it. Oh, It's my pleasure. It's fun. 
Yeah, and I'm going to come try that new dish. You need to come get the duck. It'll okay. be out in about five weeks. Ooh, okay. I'm going to make a date. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. Well, you'll be there around lunchtime, right? I'll be there. Okay, because I'll, I'll come at lunch when you're there so you can watch me eat it. I can make the nod. and. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll start recording it. We'll yeah. do it on. Yeah, we'll get it all on tape. <laughs> Brian, thanks so much. I appreciate it's it. It's no problem. Thanks for listening to Made of Savannah. The welcome mat is always out.